0: You're listening to Jewelry's Library, where books bring us together. Today we're going to read Not Your Typical Dragon by Dan Ball L. Illustrated by Tim Bowers and Rooster Woe's Skinny Jeans. Written by Jesse Miller. Illustrated by Barbara Backos.
1: Welcome! I'm so glad you're here. I'm Julie Andrews, and this is My Library. As always, my daughter Emma Walton Hamilton is here. Hello. And so is my granddaughter, Hope. Hi. Mom, look at the beautiful watercolor Hope just made. It's marvelous, Hopey. You have such an eye for color. It's one of the many things that makes you special.
0: Aw, thank you, Granny. I think you're special, too, oh. in a million ways. You're <laughs> huggable, and you make the best scrambled eggs. And you always make me smile.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. But what makes us special isn't always about what we can do. It can be a quality we have, like, like being thoughtful or kind.
0: Yeah, it can be anything that makes us important or helpful to others.
2: I agree. We asked our friends what makes them special, and here's what they had
0: to say. My special talent is gymnastics. I love tumbling and I'm very flexible. I am very good at art and I treat um, others how I would like to be treated. I'm a very tall girl. I can help my teacher to close top windows which my friends couldn't reach.
1: I can do a headstand for
0: one minute.
1: You're all wonderful and one of a kind. I'm very impressed.
2: Me too. You know, both of the books we're
1: reading today are about embracing what makes you different. That's right. Our first story is about a dragon with an unusual gift that makes him unlike everyone else in his family. What's his gift? Why don't we head to the reading nook and find out? (music) With cozy pillows all
2: around...
0: A glowing lamp shines its light on the pages.
1: There's a squishy rug under our feet.
0: And a cup of colorful pencils in case I get inspired to draw
1: something. Now that we're all gathered round, let's begin today's book. Not Your Typical Dragon by Dan bar L. Crispin Blaze was born into a proud family of fire-breathing dragons. Every Blaze breathes fire, explained his father. I breathe fire, your mother breathes fire. Tomorrow, when you turn seven, you'll breathe fire too. The little dragon imagined all the forests he would burn down. He dreamed of all the castles he would destroy, He also considered boiling water to make tea, but he didn't tell his father that. The next day, Crispin sat among family and friends as a big cake was brought to the table. Who will light the birthday candles? His mother asked. I will, declared Crispin. He could feel a tingling inside his tummy, but when he opened his mouth... Fire did not come out. Whipped cream came out. Crispin, shouted his father. Dragons breathe fire. Oh, what will the neighbors think, worried his mother. I love whipped cream, said his little sister, Ashley. The little dragon was whisked off to the doctor the very next day. Please fix my son, demanded Crispin's father. "'What seems to be the problem?' asked the doctor. Crispin opened his mouth and breathed, but fire did not come out. Band-Aids came out. "'I see,' said the doctor gravely. "'Dragons should breathe fire,' insisted Crispin's father. "'We were low on Band-Aids,' mumbled the nurse. The doctor sent Crispin home with medicine." He swallowed two teaspoons before going to school. It will help you become a real dragon, said his father with a wink. After school, Crispin joined his first fire-breathing practice. One by one, little dragons aimed their fiery breath at stacks of logs until they burst into flames. Crispin stepped up confidently. He could feel the medicine bubbling in his belly. But when he opened his mouth, fire did not come out. Marshmallows came out. Dragons, breathe fire! yelled the coach. Isn't that right, class? The other dragons didn't answer. They were too busy looking for pointy sticks for marshmallow roasting. I guess I'm not a real dragon, Crispin thought. He worried that his family would be disappointed. So he ran away from home. The world can be a scary place for a little dragon who can't breathe fire. Crispin found a dark cave. I'll be a fireless dragon all by myself. I won't bother anyone and no one will bother me. An hour later, he had a visitor. I am Sir George, squeaked a thin, shiny knight. Show yourself, dragon. Crispin shuffled out of the cave. The thin, shiny knight held up his thin, shiny sword. Do, 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 Do your worst, dragon. Crispin opened his mouth, but fire did not come out. Soap bubbles came out. Don't you breathe fire, dragon? Crispin shook his head. I can't. Sir George moaned. Oh, but my father insists that I fight a fire-breathing dragon. It even says here in my book that your typical dragon breathes fire. I'm not your typical dragon, Crispin explained. Sir George sighed. "'I can't go home.' "'Me neither,' Crispin nodded. "'But then he had an idea. "'Maybe your book could tell us what to do?' "'Of course,' Sir George searched through the pages. "'It says it's probably just your diet.' Sir George fed Crispin spicy curry, scorching chilli and blistering salsa. Crispin opened his mouth, but fire did not come out. Red party streamers came out. At least they're the right colour, said Sir George kindly. Sir George searched through the book again. Aha! It says it's probably your attitude. Sir George showed Crispin how to look mean and angry enough to breathe fire. Crispin opened his mouth, but fire did not come out. Soft, cuddly teddy bears came out. Hmm, said Sir George, we may have taken a step backward. It's no use, Crispin sighed. I'm just not your typical dragon. But Sir George was not ready to give up. Aha! The book says you're too stressed. Sir George made Crispin close his eyes while he described a quiet, relaxing day at the ocean. Do you feel calm? Now... Imagine a hundred shiny knights attacking you. Crispin opened his mouth, but fire did not come out. Beach balls came out. Well, that's just plain weird. Secretly, Sir George was glad that Crispin couldn't breathe fire. He liked the little dragon and didn't want to fight him. Crispin liked the shiny knight too, but he missed his parents. Sir George, it's getting dark. I want to go home. The shiny knight patted him on the back. Don't worry, little dragon. I will take you. Crispin's parents were relieved when he arrived home safely. "'Sir George was about to say goodbye when they heard a shout. "'There you are, boy! "'Why on earth are you playing with a fire-breathing dragon?' "'He's my friend, father,' whispered George. "'Besides, he doesn't breathe fire.' "'A dragon that doesn't breathe fire? "'That's the silliest thing I've ever heard!' "'The shiny man laughed. "'Crispin's father stormed out of the house.' "'My son is not silly. "'He may not breathe fire, but I certainly do.' Crispin's father let out a powerful spray of flames. "'Do your worst, dragon,' declared the shiny man. "'But then the flames scorched the lawn.' "'That's enough, honey,' said Crispin's mother. "'The flames singed the fence.' You've made your point, dear. Now stop showing off, she scolded. Then the flames ignited the roof. Crispin's father panicked. I can't stop breathing fire. You'll burn our house down, cried his mother. You'll burn down the whole neighbourhood. Dragons came running from all directions. They knew how to start fires, but no one knew how to stop them. Crispin suddenly felt a tingling in his tummy. He felt a bubbling in his belly. He opened his mouth, but fire did not come out. A gush of water shot out. Crispin aimed the water at his father's flames. He saved his home, and he even saved the shiny man, who wasn't looking so shiny anymore. Hooray for Crispin! everyone shouted. On Crispin's next birthday, there was a big party. Family and friends came from all over the land. Sir George and his family came too. Lots of dragons were dancing. Crispin stood with his mouth open wide. Fire still did not come out. Music came out instead. Your son, said an old uncle to Crispin's father, he's not your typical dragon, is he? No, replied Crispin's father proudly, my son is something special. And then he jumped up and danced to Crispin's music too. The End
2: What a delightful and heartfelt story. It's not easy being different from your family. Or your friends.
1: True, Hopi, but sometimes what makes you different makes you stronger.
2: Yes, whatever it is that makes you unique can actually come in handy when
0: you least expect it. Just like Crispin's water-breathing skills. He put out the fire and
1: saved the day. Mm-hmm, exactly. It reminds me of when I used to use my whistling skills to scare away the shadows whenever I was walking home alone. You are an excellent whistler. Thank you.
2: (laughs) 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 Now, it's time for our next book. It's about a rooster whose passion for fashion makes
1: him unlike all the other animals on his farm. (laughs) I'll go get it. Thanks, Hopi. Now, hold tight, dear listeners, and we'll be back with book number two after this short break.
2: Hey, listeners. Our friends at Smash Boom Best are back with 16 brand new episodes. Smash Boom Best is a debate podcast for the whole family. Each episode takes two cool things, smashes them together, and asks you to decide which one is best, like vampires versus werewolves, ice cream versus french fries, pandas versus penguins. Using facts and the power of persuasion, debaters teach real skills about constructive debate and making sound arguments. Listen to Smash Boom
1: Best wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, good. And welcome back to the Reading Nook, dear listeners. It's time for our second story, Rooster Wore Skinny Jeans.
0: I'm wearing skinny jeans today, too. See? Oh,
1: yes, you are. Well, since you and the Rooster share the same fashion sense, I think you ought to read this one. Thank you, Granny. The seat of honor is all yours.
0: Oh, I love this armchair. (sighs) perfect. Are you ready for the story?
1: Mm Mm-hmm, we are indeed.
0: Okay, let's begin. (coughs) Rooster Wore Skinny Jeans by Jesse Miller On a typical Wednesday at Rosemary Mill, a countryside farm run by old farmer Phil... The rooster was making his rounds in the coop when a brown paper package arrived on the stoop. He thought, there's no way, it's too soon, it can't be. I just ordered them Monday. The shipping was free. He eagerly tiptoed his way to the door, then bent down to pick up his box from the floor. He tore off the tape with a big cheesy grin, then marveled in awe at the contents within. The sparkling stitching, a striking gold hue. The indigo denim, a dazzling blue. The flattering rise and the slimming design. Not too loose, not too snug. These jeans are divine. He went through the farm with a confident stride. He felt like a king. He had nothing to hide. The others will love the new jeans that I've bought. Their reaction, however, was not what he'd thought. At first, there were stares, a few snickers, a leer. Then the crow taunted loudly for others to hear. Get a load of the rooster, could this really be? Look at his chicken legs, hurry, come see. They howled in laughter and whistled his name. As the rooster ran off, his face burning with shame. He hid in the barn on a tall bale of hay, hoping the others would just go away. He caught a quick glance of himself from behind, and suddenly everything cleared in his mind. What's not to love? Are they being sarcastic? These jeans are amazing. My butt looks fantastic. He calmed himself down, let the bad feelings sink. Then he thought, you know what? I don't care what they think. I wanted these jeans and I bought them from me. Their opinions don't matter. I'll show them, they'll see. He flew to the top of the barn in a streak, stood as tall as he could on the uppermost peak. He brushed off all feelings of worry and doubt. Then he cockled and doodled and dooed with a shout. A chicken spoke out with her head towards the sky. I kind of admire the nerve of that guy. He won't be held back by the things that we say. He's being himself, and I think that's okay. The animals cheered and encouraged his call, and the rooster, he beamed at the sight of it all. Later that night, as the farm lay to rest, the rooster pre ordered a gold sequined vest.
1: The End (laughs) Bravo! Oh, I adore that rooster.
2: Me too. I want to see him in his gold sequin vest. It sounds dazzling. I
1: know, right? Now I want a gold vest too. Ah, well, you can borrow mine, Hobie. Yes!
2: (laughs) You know what else? That rooster was really brave. It's hard to be true to yourself and ignore what others are saying about you.
1: Mmm, it's true. It doesn't matter if other people think what you wear is cool or not.
0: Yeah, the only person who needs to think your clothes are cool is you.
1: I couldn't agree more, Hopi. You know who I love talking fashion with? My friend, Tan France.
0: Oh, I love Tan. He's the fashion expert on the Netflix show Queer Eye.
1: Yep, that's him. He's a designer, too. I thought it'd be fun to talk with Tan about fashion and what clothing makes him feel extra special. Ooh, I'd love that. I'm a huge fan. Yeah,
0: let's do it, Granny.
1: Well, all right. I'm calling him now. Hello? Hi, Tan. It's Julie. I'm here at the library
3: with Hope and Emma. Hi, Hope. Hi, Emma. How are you?
1: Hi, Tan. Hello, Tan. Lovely to speak to you.
3: Lovely to speak to you too.
1: Tan, we were hoping that you might have a moment to chat with us. We've been talking about the clothes that make us feel special, and I just know that you would have some wonderful insights to share.
3: Jules, you know me well. You know I love talking about fashion. You know I have all the time in the world. Yes, on both counts.
1: Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. When exactly
3: did your interest in fashion
1: begin? I mean, was it when you were young?
3: Yes. I started playing with clothes when I was probably four or five, and I would get dressed maybe seven or eight times a day. Legitimately, I would change my clothes seven or eight times a day.
1: (laughs) that's exhausting, I would think. (laughs) I do that too, yeah.
3: But my poor mom with her laundry would have been a nightmare. I would think so.
0: (laughs) Tan, do you have a favourite piece of clothing? You know, one that makes you feel special or cool when you wear it?
3: I absolutely do. It changes every now and then, but this one has been my favourite for a couple of years now. It is a long jacket, like almost like a suit jacket that comes down to the knee. It's something called a Nehru jacket, which is traditionally Indian. It's cream and then it has gold beading and gold embroidery across the whole of the jacket.
1: Oh, I would love to see it.
3: It's so beautiful. It looks really regal. And I was so honoured to represent my own heritage on the red carpet. And so although I only wore it once, it's in my closet. And every time I'm feeling a little bit low, I will put it on and just basically twirl around my closet. My joy (laughs) comes from clothes. And so it means so much to me to be able to put something on that made me feel so special.
2: What a wonderful story. Do you have any advice for kids who might get teased for their sense of style?
3: Yes. First off, really decide what makes you feel good and really own it. The biggest thing for anyone of any age is if you really feel good in it, it makes you stand in a certain way, it makes you carry yourself in a certain way. And then even if somebody teases you, you know that you feel so good in it and that what you've got on is amazing. So it's more their problem than it is yours. You should definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I want to mention this one point that I think is super, super important. Whether you're eight, 10, 15, 25, 35, just always be kind about what somebody has chosen to wear because they've chosen it for a reason. So if you know that you've been picked on for something you're wearing, just know to never do that to somebody else. Remember how that made you feel and you never want somebody else to feel that way.
2: That is such great advice to
1: treat others like we want to be treated. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Tan, why do you think fashion is such a powerful way to express ourselves? I mean,
3: there are many ways, but fashion is such an interesting way to do it. I've always believed that clothes hold so much power in how we see ourselves first and foremost and then how others view us. When you put something on your body that is a conscious choice, you are choosing to have control over how you feel that day. And I'm going to give you a good example as to how this can really be played out today. We are often at home, especially now. Yes, And we can choose to not put on clothes that make us feel good because we don't have the motivation to. And when you look in the mirror, it makes you feel uh, a little down. Whereas if you choose to put on something that you know makes you feel good, even though you're at home, even though you can't see your friends, even though you can't go to school... You can still feel that pocket of joy when you look in the mirror thinking, I've done the best I can to make myself feel the best. There's something that I say very regularly, and I've been saying it for years, and it's something I thought when I was much younger. I refuse to be the reason that I'm unhappy. And it's just a very simple thing that I tell myself. Oh, what a great phrase. That's just Rand. And so I look in the mirror thinking, have I chosen to make myself happy today? Yes, I have. I put clothes on that make me feel nice. And so you cheer yourself up
1: anyway. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. Tan, thank you very much for chatting with us today.
2: Yes, it's been so fun.
1: Of course, anytime. You'll have to come visit us in the library soon.
3: I insist on it. Yes, please. Fantastic. Well, goodbye for now. Jules, it was lovely speaking to you. Bye, Emma. Bye, Hope. Lovely to meet you too.
1: You too.
2: Take care. Wow, how exciting to talk fashion with an expert like Tan France.
1: I know he's so cool. He is. He's an absolute delight. I'd love to see him in that Nehru jacket. It sounds so fashionable. It does. <laughs>
2: Listeners, what do you wear to feel fashionable? Polka dot pants and a sparkly top hat or bright orange socks in a rainbow backpack? <laughs> Make a drawing of your most eye-catching outfit and send it to us at
1: julieslibraryshow.org.
0: Ooh, can I submit a drawing too? I have a pink fuzzy jacket I want to draw.
1: Well, of course you can. I can't wait to see all the wonderful styles you're wearing.
2: And speaking of wonderful, it's time for
1: our... Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words. There are so many wonderful words in the world. Some of them just have a particularly pleasant way of rolling off the tongue. One of my favorites is chiffon. It's a lovely, light, silky fabric that is fun to wear. (laughs) It is. One of
2: my favorite words is silhouette. It means the outline of something.
0: Oh, mine is chic. Chic means elegantly stylish. Just like you, Mom, when you get dressed up for a party. Oh,
1: thank you, Peach. (coughs) (coughs) And uh, what about me? (laughs) Yes, you're chic too, Granny. All the time. Well, maybe not all the time. Now let's hear some of our listeners' wonderful words.
0: Dog, because they're snuggly. Beautiful. Cadywarpus is my favorite word, because it's silly. My mama uses it a lot. Palindrome. It means that if you say it forwards or backwards, and it'll be spelled the exact same way, like pop or dad or mom. Family, because you can do fun stuff with them.
1: Sparkle because I like to sparkle
0: Kaleidoscope because it's just so fun to say.
1: Bye, Julie's Rivalry. Brilliant. We love hearing your wonderful words, so please keep sharing them with us.
2: Visit julieslibraryshow.org to share your wonderful word, and we'll play some of your responses on the show.
0: I'm going to search for more wonderful words, too.
2: Terrific. And we'll be back next week with another brilliant book to share.
1: Happy reading, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.
2: Julie's Library is hosted and produced by Julie Andrews and me, Emma Walton-Hamilton. The featured books in this episode were Not Your Typical Dragon, written by Dan bar illustrated by Tim Bowers, and published by Viking Press from Penguin Random House. And Rooster Wore Skinny Jeans, written by Jesse Miller and illustrated by Barbara Bakos, published by Maverick Arts and distributed in the U.S. and Canada by Learner Publisher Services. Thanks to the teams at Penguin and Lerner. We always recommend picking the book up for yourself. You can find Not Your Typical Dragon and Rooster Wore Skinny Jeans at your local library or bookstore. We encourage you to check out Rooster's groovy new look. For more book recommendations, head to julieslibraryshow.org. Sign up for our newsletter and you'll receive special activities and notes from Mom and Me. Julie's Library is produced by Molly Bloom, Elissa Dudley, Rosie Dupont, Tracy Mumford, Mark Sanchez, and Sandon Totten. Our executive producer is Lauren D. Digital production is by Christina Lopez, and original music is from Allison Leighton Brown. Engineering is by Sam Hamilton, and sound mixing is by Corey Schreppel and Eric Romani. Special thanks to Lily Kim. We always love hearing from our listeners. Today, you heard from Lulu in Minneapolis, Sloan from Ontario, Canada, Lucy from Birmingham, Alabama, Gemma from Singapore, Lilia from Flushing, Michigan, Sam from St. Paul, Minnesota, Charleston from Lee's Summit, Missouri, Saraya from New York City, Jasper from Salt Lake City, Utah, Nora from Virginia, Ainsley from Minnesota, and Kai from Lake Forest, Illinois. Julie's Library is a production of American Public Media. listeners our friends at smash boom best are back with 16 brand new episodes smash boom best is a debate podcast for the whole family each episode takes two cool things smashes them together and asks you to decide which one is best like vampires versus werewolves Ice cream versus French fries. Pandas versus penguins. Using facts and the power of persuasion, debaters teach real skills about constructive debate and making sound arguments. Listen to Smash Boom Best wherever you listen to podcasts.